Thank you for tuning in. This is our podcast, Healthy Families First, and I'm your podcast host, Dr. Raquel Lea. You can visit our blogger, texashealthyfamiliesfirst.blogspot.com or stop through our website at learn-edu.org for resources, tips, legislation changes and updates, sponsorship, and membership. We are listeners supported by members like you, and we've heard your requests. So, we have four advocacy goals. America's future legislative processes in family court, generational kinship and communication between parents and child, economic and educational freedom, and effective justice for parents. Thank you for tuning in. Now, let's get started. Hi, and thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Healthy Families First, and I am your host, Dr. Raquel Lea. So <laughs> I hope you guys are going to enjoy your day, and this is going to be a really good show. Um, we have a lineup where we're going to look at the Trump administration and the separation policy for families. We're going to try to synthesize what's going on and how we're migrating into families not reconnecting with one another. Uh, we are also going to talk a little bit about chapter four, where, oh, no, are we on chapter three or four? Assault among teenagers and legal leniency. So we'll get into that chapter. I'm not sure if that's three or four. My notes don't say. I'll find out before the first commercial break. So, <clears throat> so let me first start by saying um, I am way behind <laughs> in posting. I haven't posted in uh, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for a minute. I also haven't posted um, the latest update and notes for the last show episode or this show episode. Bear with me. Once again, you know that we are going through transition and the month of August, September, August, and a little bit of September, where it is the year that we reorganize. It's our um, tax month. And so we're getting together budget. We're getting together finances. We look at um, fundraising and strategic plans. So at this this month into the end of next month, it might be a little busy for me where I'm just doing the show and we've kind of removed ourselves from posting a little bit. Then in October, it speeds up a little bit. So if you go to eJunkie and our um, homepage where people have been downloading the show notes, take it easy. Don't panic. Please don't email me and say that we haven't. Don't email Camille. <laughs> I know that we have not. <laughs> and so I am telling you that we have not. However, because of that, I think we'll put in like a little coupon uh, for about six weeks <clears throat> and maybe we'll have people download it for 50% off for the first 30 days that we post it. And I'll mention in next episodes when the posting has taken place. If I forget to put in a coupon, remind me. I can't occasionally forget things. <laughs> so I just want to be sure to to, to give you... Uh, a coupon for being such such good listeners and for downloading. And 
I want to, as we go into our next political season, and again, I'm apolitical. If you want my vote, you have to earn it. And I am liking what I see from leadership. I am liking that leadership is stepping up and saying, listen, something is going on in our country and some things need to change. Doesn't matter who you vote for. We do have some failed leadership and, um, we need to really abide by the Constitution. I'm going to say that claim because the Constitution gives us our freedom. It's It sets the stage for the future of our children. It sets the stage for our generations. It sets the stage for uh, immigration and, and people entering the country and how uh, that process should be handled. And you can't have a process if you don't have abiding laws. And so no matter what the answer is, or no matter what the response is, we as citizens, we get to challenge our leaders in the country and say, hey, this is how we'd like our country to move forward. And that's a great honor to have. And I'm hoping that more people would take a role in our voting um, in our voting institution. Reason being is because just like it matters to my family, it matters to your family. And everybody has to come from somewhere. Since this country was founded on immigration, everybody at some point started somewhere else and we, we fluctuated in. It doesn't matter if you got here on an airplane or a boat. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. You're here. Your legacy here. Your generations are here. And so I want to position myself to say to um, people that are of voting age that I don't want you to be selfish. I don't want you to take advantage of the freedoms of our country without taking advantage of preparing to pass the baton to the next generations. And how we prepare is by policy, is by legalities and laws and legislation. Our leaders set those policies in place so that then our generations will experience the same freedoms that we did, or maybe they'll have a better life is what we hope. That being said, um, family separation is a big dynamic and a huge part of that. So I'm going to, let's see, it's five minutes in. So today we're sponsored by the Cognitive Institute of Dallas. If you're looking for courses or certifications, please go by <laughs> uh, the Cognitive Institute of Dallas's website and pull from there. Order courses. If you like a coupon, just say that you heard it on the show. Email Camille and say, hey, are there any upcoming specials? Because we don't post specials. And sometimes we have those that we take advantage of. We see that people visit the website and, and, and those executive directors and the people leading that reach out in marketing efforts, but we don't normally post coupons and things like that. I sit as an advisor on that board because um, we're already nonprofit. So uh, go to the Cognitive Institute of Dallas, who is sponsoring this particular show, and we want to reach out and support them in any way we can. If you're looking for cybersecurity courses and certifications, log in. Look at what we have available. You can get your certification in Microsoft, Java, Python, CSS, HTML, some other kind of coding. And so say that you heard about us. And so let's take a quick commercial break. I'll be right back. As a nonprofit doing the most good, the Breaking Generational Curses series and Healthy Families First is promoting healthy parent-child relationships when there is a kinship split. No communication, no awareness, 
no occasional meetings, no nothing. And our intent is an information hub for parents to approach healing and recovery in safe spaces. Our broadcast will be featured in 47 countries and all USA podcast panels. Stay tuned for an open call to beta testers, listeners, sign-ups, and support. And again, thank you for listening. Visit CIDFUND.org. That's CIDFUND.org. Become a patron-level corporate sponsor. Tech taught by the Cog of Dallas and Technology, a private U.S. for-profit company founded in 1992 that specializes in information security, cybersecurity training, and selling certificates. Topics available for training include cyber and network defenses, penetration testing, incident response, digital forensic, and audit. The information security courses are developed through a consensus process involving administrators, security managers, and information security professionals. Visit their website today. And we're back, and thank you for tuning in, and you're listening to Healthy Families First. So you can uh, Google Dr. Rachel Leah and Healthy Families First. We come up on Spotify. We have great producers. <laughs> we come up on Spotify, YouTube, um, Google. There is not an iHeartRadio. There's not a platform that we don't come up on. And so I am encouraged that people are listening into the show. So here's what we want to look at when discussing... Um, the effects of family separation. That's really kind of what the show is about. It's, it's our mission statement is what we want to kind of take advantage of. So th- th- the awareness and how to stick families back together, how to make sure people stay in contact with, any, with each other, and then how to fix some of the guh that comes along with the lengthy time that parents were not in the child's life. So what are the effects of parent-child separation? So I went and I looked at the main psychological problems. And when separation occurs, it is very typical for children. Of course, we know that they go through a phase of unhappiness um, and they're wanting their parents to stay together, whether it's one parent or two parents, whether it's a space where the Department of Family Protective Services had to get involved or did get involved, and there's a family or parental split. Understand that unhappiness can translate to low self-esteem in children, behavioral problems, and a sense of loss, and that doesn't go away without time. I understand that uh, foster care gives children um I think they provide them with services like counseling. Well, there's no counseling like counseling when you go home to a foundation set with your original biological parents. And so at the ages of 18 and up, children are going to reach out. When they reach out, I would like parents to be very well aware 
that when a child reaches out to you, whether they were raised by one parent or foster parents or somehow they were runaways, whatever that separation split um, was caused by, you need to understand that your child, the first things that they're going to be feeling is a sense of loss. They're going to have some social withdrawal. And the way their social withdrawal looks like may not look like what other people's social withdrawal looks like. The reason I'm talking to parents about this is because I want you to know what to expect when your children come back into your lives. They may have some um, uh, an increased anxiety and depression, some fear and confusion. I need you to understand that housing instability and parental instability causes this. Now, I don't want parents to then put their guard up and say, well, I'm not dealing with that. I'm not going to deal with that. They're an adult now, so they need to come to me as an adult. Sure, they come to you as an adult, but I need you to be in a different space. I need you to understand that they're not going to come to you as a whole, healthy relationship building adult. There's going to be some residual and it's inevitable. And if you shut your eyes to it, then what's going to happen is that you're going to miss it and you'll never have a connection with your family generations. For example, if you think your child is a jerk, (laughs) then the point is not the child. The point now is to have access to the grandchildren. The point is to be an extension to their lives. Maybe making a connection and outreach with that child that is a jerk gives you access to a brother or sister. Maybe dealing with that child whose anger issues are toward you might be worth the access that you get to grandchildren. You understand? And so you want to be sure to minimize the residual caused by instability and the dysfunction in your life with a child. And how you do that is simple. Recognizing that you're not dealing with whole children. Recognizing that you're dealing with behavioral difficulties. Recognizing that this was a child that you lost in love and they are still grieving. And sometimes grief turns into anger. And so when they reach out to you, they're going to have some anger. A, A child that was confused means that that adult is now confused. And even if they, they, let's say they got adopted into some healthy parenting. Let's say they got adopted into a wonderful family that they're successful, they're in college and they feel like they don't need you. Then, okay, let's still taper it down. If you want to reach out, we need to have a plan for that. Don't just reach out on Facebook, send a mime, a mem, an emoji and say, Hey, after 20 years, I'm your biological mother. That doesn't work. <laughs> your planning is all wrong. I'm a cybersecurity consultant, and that means that I do tactical planning, and it also means that I um, get into strategic planning. Those things are totally different. And let me just share with you, if I haven't shared with you before, what the difference is. Strategic planning usually is a plan um, that's put together by senior executives and board of trustees. They say, where do we see the growth? Where do we see our, our our target population in three to five years? Where are we now? And how do we get to five years? What are our goals? So they set goals between three to five years and someone comes in and say, hey, here's where you're at. Here's the risk 
Here's where you want to be. Here's the risk associated with that. Here's the threat that it all could come crumbling down. And then here's your vulnerabilities. So, and so that we can have a good growth period, why don't we fix and do some calculations for risk, vulnerability, and threat? Those are three different things. A threat means that, hey, it's happening right now. A vulnerability means there's some weakness. And a risk is something projected to happen if all things hold constant. Okay? So I go in and I put together a three to five year strategic plan and there's some other factors and we we communicate with departments. Now, you'll have this plan between three to five years and then you'll break it up into brackets. You'll break it up into four years. We want to go back and do a recheck. We'll break it up in three years and in two years until you break it down to one year. All right. After you have these these five years and, and maybe everything is on a different panel, a different page. So you have each year on a different page. You begin to break the projection and the objectives and the goals into something different. Instead of a strategic plan now, that's your three to five year focus, you start breaking it into objectives. Keeping in mind the mission is to get to this five-year growth period. And after you have these objectives, you break the objectives down into chunks that are doable each year. And let's say every quarter we'll check in to make sure we're flowing in the right direction. Keeping in mind the mission of the five-year plan. Now you, you taper that back back into these chunks where we check in every quarter and you say to yourself, let's create a six week or month to month tactical plan. So you have your strategic plan and your tactical plan. The tactical plan is a check-in period and you'll check in every six to eight weeks. And, you, and, and if things are not going quite right after the second quarter, you may want to te- tweak Look at some improvements here. Look at some improvements there. Remember, your mission is to get to that five-year period and that growth marker. So what I'm trying to say to you in short, but I'm saying it in a long way, what I'm saying to you in short is that there's a difference between a strategic plan and a tactical plan. The strategic plan is you hope to have this family time life channel, this family life channel family where everything's kumbaya and you get together at least for the holidays. And these are now adults with some little children running around. That's your mission. That's your, that's your strategic plan. How do we get there in five years? So you don't jump in without an idea of how to get there. Okay, one of the ideas of how to get there in that long term is now to think in small chunks of a tactical plan to reach out to your family. Sometimes it's going to get shut down. Bam. That means you need to come in and you need to do some quality control. If you're checking in every quarter just to see where you are with your children, understand that when you want to have a a, a tactical plan to reach out to your children, there's no way you're not going to be able to include the fact that your children are going to have some low self-esteem issues. They're going to have some behavioral problems as adults. Nobody wants to deal with an adult that has a behavioral problem. (laughs) But remember, that might be the same thing that caused the original parent-child split and separation. Behavioral problems that were not addressed in parents now become behavioral problems that are not addressed in children. And then you all try to get together and become a family. 
when people are throwing this ping pong to one another and their behavioral problems in the mix, causing a, a, a parental dysfunction, breakdown in communication, breakdown in genealogy, breakdown in knowing each other and supporting each other. So understand that when you begin to put these things together, that I don't want you to reach out on Facebook and give some mem or mime and say, hey, I think you're my daughter. It's, it's not a good tactic. It's, it's not a good strategy because what we're thinking about is ourselves. We're not thinking about the effect of that the, the separation may cause the child. We may, we're not thinking about um, divorcing parents we're, and, and the fact that parents have a tendency now to war against one another in front of children. So we want to move back and we want to say, how do we do that? How do we put things together? How do we experience less internal problems? How do we make sure that, that as parents, when we're divorcing, our conduct is, is not delinquent, <laughs> that it does exist, especially when there's going to be a, a split and the impact that it's going to have on the children. Because if there's a parent-child split, if you lose contact with your children, you don't want them, the last thing that they remembered is that you were warring against each other because they're going to remember what you said to the other person. Let's take a short break. As an NGO... The Cognitive Institute of Dallas and Technology is a nonprofit active in education, philanthropy, and other areas to affect change according to objectives in cybersecurity. While they support a format for vendors to offer courses, more often hosted events require organizational sponsorship and planning. Included is a suite of interactive learning tools for stimulating scenarios such as cyber attacks. They offer software development, security courses for professionals and CE units. Visit their website today. Healthy Families First Broadcast remains a free service for listeners, authors, and guests, in large part thanks to your generosity and financial support. Every time you donate to our membership platform and join our community, you benefit with engagement, tips, resources, and professional guides. With your generosity of $3, $28, $150, or even $500 a month, you have the comfort of set it and forget it approach. Visit our page. Visit patreon.com forward slash healthy families first and become a patron. And 
we're back. And so thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Healthy Families First. And I am your host, Dr. Raquel Lea. <laughs> okay, so we're going to address two topics and we're going to continue on the effects of, ch- of child and parent separation. And we're going to talk about assaults among teenagers and legal leniency. I really want to, I don't know how we're going to get all this in. <laughs> so I might have to um, go to the next episode where we talk about the book because we're going to stay with the book chapter by chapter. And this particular chapter is a lot better than the previous chapter. And I needed to make some changes. So um, I want to talk about the book for just a second and then get back on child parent separation. And the book really talks about for this particular chapter, the high rate of uh, teens admitting to having sexual relationships and the even higher rate of the number of uh, the adult population, I think it's more than 70% that have stated that as adolescents, they have used sex in a wrong manner. All right. So what does that mean? Hmm. (laughs) We're going to take a look. We're going to look at, we're going to look at, um, teen sex and, the reason I want to look at teen sex is because we are highlighting the book and the book really talks about sexual assault with, um, with children. The, the, we really want every episode to talk about recovering from sexual, sexual assault and how that happens. So here's, here's the crossover. If you are not in your child's life, And there's a parent-child split. And so you have no idea how they're being raised and parented and looked after and over. There's going to be, if there was um, an assault in their background, there's a high probability that they're going to blame you for that. Get ready. (laughs) Get ready. Because you're dealing with a child that has impulsive behavior that's now an adult that has impulsive behavior. They do need some one to to blame. Um, when there's a bad divorce or bad separation, the parents who fight, um, or even parents that stay married and fight, it closes a child's communication off to the parent. And it creates a lot of fear and anxiety. It creates it creates the opposite of an open communication relationship with your child, even though you may feel like you have one. Don't even get me started on drug use and abuse. So here you are, you have a child that may have had some assaults by another teen and they're recovering from it and they don't feel like they have the support of their parent. Where do you fit in with that? And the excuse can't be, well, it's your mom's fault. She raised you. The excuse can't be, well, it's your dad's fault because he wasn't there. That's not applicable. N slash A. It's not applicable. It does not apply. You cannot apply that. So... How do we address those those problems in communication, withdrawal, instability? And how do we address the fact that as an adult now, they have a sense of loss that you were not there? And so we want to build on some precepts that give you something that you can really build upon. The idea that I want you to stay with is that you find family genealogy. And I don't mean in pictures. I mean in relationships. I mean in relationships with one another. That research in family genealogy includes 
you and your story and your even your loss, your, your acumen, things that you were good at in life, your woes, your struggles, the births that you gave, the engagement, the parties, the losses, the lows, and who died. Those are your generations. Those things are captured in pictures, but they're more told in stories. You understand? And I want you to be there for those stories. Okay. So I'm going to touch on one more subject before we get into... Um, the Trump administration, and then we'll 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 wrap up. Where we we have some good take homes. We'll wrap up, but I want to set the stage for the importance and the fact that child separation has happened. I want to reach out to you, and I want to stay in that space so that you understand that there are people that hear you. There are people that that hear your voice. They understand where you are. They feel your pain, and let me say that I. I don't live in another country, so I can't speak on another country. So I'm going to speak on this country. I think in this country, we, um, we punish each other socially if their family dynamic does not look like the Ingalls. If, if it doesn't look like Little House on the Prairie. If it doesn't look like a two-parent home, if it doesn't look like 2.5-member family, a really great front yard, Americans are struggling. And because that dynamic is changing of what things look like, uh, children have more resources to reach out and talk about what's going on in closed doors. And so as they reach out to different forums and the internet, and as they start to gather their own as they begin to build their social network, they're going to publicly talk about what's going on at home. See, that didn't used to happen. What stay behind closed doors, stay behind closed doors. And we might even have to threaten a child or two to keep their mouth shut. <laughs> what happens in this house stays in this house and you don't talk about it outside the house. And the only thing you could do is get on the phone. You might be able to share it at school a little bit, but that's not the dynamic of today. That's not what's going on in technology. What's going on in technology is that children and millennials are going online to try to resolve their own problems at home. And in order to do that, they have to reach out. They have to talk. They have to find support. They have to find what, what advocacy um, tools are out there to help them have what they need. And children are research e. They have the skills to do that. And so they're reaching out, which means that your family home is not going to look like the family home that you grew up with. The ideals that you grew up with. It's not going to happen. And don't even get me started on economics and finances. Okay. (laughs) I don't even want to talk about it. So back up a second here. Let me, because I know I just gave you a lot. So let's process that. So you have this this idea of what things are supposed to look like and the ideals that you grew up with that are not actualizing in your own life. And, and if, you ha- if you don't have access to your children, they may be saying some mean and ugly things and not processing well. Remember, I told you they have social behavior problems. Remember, I told you that there's a high propensity that they have some residual and that includes anxiety. That includes loss. That means that they're not doing well with the fact that you're not there. They have some anger. Um, they have um, they haven't gotten your attention for a huge chunk of their life. And some of those are your fault, and some of them are not. 
And so we'll talk about fault and blame later. What we want to do is restore. Okay. If the child is willing, if they're not willing, you probably need to back off. You probably need to, 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 um, do something different for a little while until we figure it out. And, and we'll talk about that on another show. So you have this dynamic. That's not going to look how you hoped that it looked, but you want access to the grandkids. (laughs) That's the bottom line. There are pictures of them on Facebook. And you're, you're watching them grow at a distance, you know, and, and that's why I don't have Facebook page. My private life is my private life. And the children that I raise in my home don't have access to technology when they come home. And that's because I work in technology and I see that technology has a residual. And that residual is if it's not controlled and mandated, then it has no control and it goes crazy. And one of the ways we control it is that we eat at the table and we talk and we engage. You understand? We go in the backyard, we light the fire, we light the uh, the fireplace in the backyard and we actually have conversations and we talk. You understand? So I want you to begin to feel that technology does not have to take place. It doesn't. And I don't mean just at the dinner table. Kids don't get home till six o'clock at night anyway. You should You should have done your homework. And and you, there's a lot of time that parents are not in our, in your life. And so now at home, we need to protect that. And if we're not protecting it, then we need to start protecting it. I went on a rant. Let me go back. So we're talking about the fact that at a distance, you may have a long distance relationship with your uh, generations and your children on Facebook or some kind of social media space where, where I, where you're thinking about reaching out. And if you reach out, you want to put a strategic plan together and that strategic plan together might mean that they have access to you and the ability to come over during the holidays or it might be in, in order to do that, you need a, a tactical plan, but don't try to reach out to your child without understanding their perspective. That's the whole point. That is the whole point of the show today. So you want to reach out. I need you to be in a space where you understand that your child has been hurt as a child. And so when you grow up with church, with hurt as a child, it becomes your truism. You understand when I say truism, it's your truth. The truth is that your mom or your dad was not there. The truth is, is that your mom and your dad was not there. And just saying that comes with resentment, loss, instability, anxiety, and fear. So now you have questions and your parents have failed you and your level of accountability. You understand? So we need to make sure that that space is understood by you as a parent and that you've done the work to be able to recognize that when they communicate with you, that there's residual there and they're feeling those things. So when they call you names and they lash out in hurtful spaces and places, you may want to lash out. Don't, don't, don't. And that's why I want you to have a tactical plan. Someone has to have emotional control. And they are going to put some big bricks on your shoulders. And if they've been sexually assaulted as a child, that's another caveat that's your fault because you weren't there to guide them. That's how they're going to see it. And it's going to hurt you. But you have a mission And you have a plan. And if you can't take the hate speech toward your parenting skills from your child, 
Now is not the time for you to reach out. Back off. It's not now. I don't know when it is, but guess when it's not? N-O-W, it's not now. And that's why these books are out there to help give you the tools that they need. So I need you to get out of your space because you're the one with the strategic plan. Do they want access to you? Sure, but understand that they may punish you a little bit. They may punish you a lot, but you have to be able to guard your heart. If you're not prepared to guard your heart and take some punches and you're going to take some punches, they're going to throw everything at you. They're going to get, they're going to fall on the ground like they were four in Walmart to embarrass you and say, ah, and they're going to take their fists and they're going to beat it into the walls and they're going to beat it into the floors and they're going to scream, you weren't there for me. Ah, I'm punishing you. I'm embarrassing you. I'm hurting you like I was hurt. The difference is this space is coming from an adult. Let me log in. I hope you cannot hear this on. Um, I hope you can't hear this, but I have to log in so that I can see my notes. So they're going to punish you as the adult. Get ready for it because they're not an adult. They're a child. They, they are at the same age that you left at, that you were separated at. And if you didn't leave, okay, fine. I used the wrong word. They, there was a split. They're that same age and they're saying, ah, but they're an adult body. And so they're throwing a tantrum and you have got to have your big boy pants on your big woman dress on. And you've got to say, you know what? I'm go- just like I rallied you as a child and I was able to address your emotional need. As a parent, I've got to be able to address your emotional need about my level of accountability and the fact that I wasn't there. And I recognize that you have been through something. But let me tell you, that child needs now to understand that it's not just child drama. This is family trauma. I'll just say it for the sake of saying it. It's not child drama. Child drama is at four. They're adults now acting like the four-year-old. Why? Because they can. Because you're the parent and you're the one that's supposed to have the strong shoulders. And they're putting this on you. Remember what I told you? Anxiety, fear, loss. Social ineptness. Balanced, unbalanced behavior. Poor developmental skills and relationships. And that's what you're going to be dealing with because those are what the statistics say happens when parents are not in children's lives. You understand what we're dealing with now because they're an adult is family trauma. And that means shared experiences because you as a parent went through some things too. You as a parent had gone through the loss of not having your child, not introducing them to bike rides, not introducing them to skates, not introducing them to the first love of their life. And then that heartbreak and then helping them and and, and reaching out to them saying, hey, you can go to college. Hey, this is what I've done. You did. You not. You didn't have to struggle with how to keep the lights on month to month. They lived that without you. And you were supposed to be the one that provided their financial stability and you couldn't, you you didn't, you weren't there. Their dynamics into that. This is now family trauma, but it's you as a parent that have to recognize that this is going to be exposed 
by an adult with a lot of behavioral problems toward you and toward how, and, and and how they deal with interpersonal relationships. You understand? They're not going to deal well. It's going to be a letdown for you. You might like what they turn out to be. There might be a lot of people um, in their life that came along. It's just so rare. And I'm speaking to those ones that kind of have the plague. They feel like they've been plagued uh, in the black sheep against um, the inner circle of their family. And so I, I need you to understand that this is, I, I recognize that this is distressing for you. All right. I recognize the distress. I am Raquel Lea. You're listening to Healthy Families First. Let's take a short break. Healthy Families First magazine offers advertising package deals that include print, online banners, and radio show ads. We have experience working with custom ads to make readers stop and read the words by providing potential clients with an ad design, one that excels with media design and audience coverage. Contact Healthy Families First magazine by visiting our show page, bbsradio.com forward slash Healthy Families First. Broken Foundations, The Sexual Assault of Baby Girl, is a chronological platform and awareness campaign for sexual assault victims. Concerns of accountability and justice have gone unnoticed, even within the hashtag MeToo movement. Share one author's journey through family, trust, relationships for addressing sexual assault within families. Purchase your copy today on Amazon.com. Broken Foundations, The Sexual Assault of Baby Girl. And we're back. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Raquel Lea. You're listening to Healthy Families First. If you go to ejunkie.com slash Healthy Families First, you can download um, the episodes that we have. Uh, you can download it free for here. But if you want the notes and chapters of the book, the book is rather expensive. And it's Recovering from Sexual Assault. Um... You can go to Amazon and Google me. It'll come right up. And you can go to our home page at bbs.com slash Healthy Families First. I'm going to make sure you have these resources. Right now, we're going through some strategic planning for the month of August and September. And so um, it, there's a delay. There, there is a delay because we're a small organization. And just remember that this particular show is sponsored by the Cognitive Institute of Dallas. Okay. And if you're looking for uh, to, to get CE credits or recertifications in some kind of information security, cybersecurity, or in those spaces uh, that have to do with ethical hacking, um, coding developers, you can go online, you can Google the Cognitive Institute of Dallas and go there and find the resources that you need. That being said, um, we're going to probably have an overflow from this show to the next show. I hope that I can catch up. I'm hoping I need you to keep your warrior hat on and pray for me a little bit because this is 
This is impactful and I've committed to the show and we're not going to stop. So if I mess up, I'm human. Bear with me. I look more professional at work. Okay. (laughs) I do this in my time off because I love you and I, and I, and I understand the space that you're in and there's not a forum that talks about what parents go through in child family child parent separation. Okay. So we want to look at the dynamic of you being the adult and you are the parent and you are, and say that even though this child is now an adult, they're still having some backlash and and they may have some developmental emotive issues and developmental behavioral issues that are not recognized by the common relationships that they hold. But those, when they, when they, when you want to reconnect with them, you recognize that those are going to come up and out because they are still a child and they're going to treat you as though you are the parent, they are the child and they get to lash out at you like parents, like kids do all the time. They do it at adolescence. They do it when they're not getting their way at toddlers and any time in between. (laughs) That's how they treat parents. So we want to recognize that they're going to come with these behavioral problems that they want you to be accountable for and to. And so we're not just dealing with can you reconnect with your child? I want you to be prepared for this. I want you to have your warrior hat on as you go and you reach out. And I'm telling you that unless you're in a space to deal with what you may perceive as hate toward you may not always be hate. I'm going to, I'm going to say 80% of the time, it's not hate. I'm going to say that in those instances, what's happening is that your child has Um, not develop the tools necessary to talk about the loss of you not being there. People don't take counseling unless they are at an emergency state in their life. And so maybe your child hasn't dealt with the fact that you are wanting to enter their life and dealing with those emotions. I want you to be prepared for don't go in there. Stupid. Don't, don't, don't come to your child clueless and stupid. They deserve better. You should have grown by then as a parent. Just because that child is not in your life does not mean you are not a parent. So you prepare for the next time you see that child. You just don't go in there and start an argument and then say stupid stuff that you used to say way back when about the other parents. You can't handle yourself like that anymore. The pain is too great. The trauma is too great. That would be you being a lush in a china shop. Don't do that. Don't break what's already broken. If you have china and it breaks, you're going to get about 10 pieces. Don't then start stomping on the china so you have a million pieces. It was once salvageable. And so addressing family trauma means that we now address you. We now address the things that you want to address. You understand? We want to make sure that there's not a threat, that this is done in a safe place and potentially places um, that don't that don't have a risk of interrupting the growth and the potential 
of you with that child. You are two adults now trying to recreate something and it's difficult. And I need you to be in a place where it's okay that you get your healing somewhere else. When you reconnect with a child, it's not so that you can heal. You get your healing somewhere else. You fill up your tank and then you go deal with this child. And then your tank starts to go empty. (laughs) You have to run away again and get refilled. Okay. That's what places like this are for. To say, I understand your space as a parent. So this is when you fill up your tank. And then when you deal with that child, because you're going to take some right hooks and some left hooks, you're going to have some stuff that you can't answer. And the visits should not be an all-day visit. It should be a controlled space and a controlled visit. So tip number one, when you reach out, you're not looking for healing. Do you understand? Your healing should be happening now. If you look at the word parent-child separation, right now, you're in the dash. Parent-dash, that's your space right there, that dash. This is the work that you do. This is the healing processes that you go through. This is you. And you fill up that tank. You are the hero that they thought you were when they were a child. And believe it or not, when you approach them, boo-boo kitty, you better have on a bulletproof vest. You're going to take some hits. I don't ever want to see you again. Slam. I hate you. Slam. Where were you? Slam. I'll reconnect with you, but you better pay my light bill. Slam. Oh, yeah, I couldn't show up. We're at the coffee house today. I wasn't going to meet you. Yeah, I can't show up. I'll call you later. Slam. Dysfunction. This is family trauma. So then you take all of that and then you reach out to your resources. You reach out to your counseling center. You start doing the work. You start reading these books where you talk about, while I'm taking a lot of hits, I don't think I can take these hits. You can take them. You can take those hits because you have a strategic plan to put this thing back together again. And that means when you get tactical, that you're going to take some hits. So when you come back, you reprocess, you go to your people, you get filled, you get filled up, you do some quality control, you do some crying, you put it, you don't wear your emotions on your shoulders. Remember when you used to pick them up and fly them around and they giggled, you are that super person and that superhero. So get filled up with your resources and techniques and you plan a 10 minute conversation. And if the conversation is good, you cut it off anyway. For the next meeting, you don't stay in it because good conversations turn bad. Remember who you're dealing with. You're dealing with children who have trauma. You're dealing with children who have fear, anxiety, and loss. You're not dealing with someone that's prepared to build a healthy relationship with you. Why? Because you were not there. I need you to get it in your head that the developmental process for you between this child and yourself has been broken. You lived a very long time in the dash. It's not there. And so if they were assaulted sexually, because we haven't even gotten into the book. (laughs) We haven't gotten into the book in this chapter. If they were assaulted sexually, 
Now we have a new dynamic that is going to be your fault and you're going to have some residual. Here's point number one. Don't go to your child looking for some healing or answers. You're not going to get that. Point number two, don't approach your children thinking that you're going to have a healthy, respectful conversation and communication. They've never built that with you. That's not their space. That's not y'all's space. Step number three, do your homework and research and resources and healing now. They're just not in your space. They're just not in your space. And this is your responsibility like it was your responsibility in a ch- as a child. When, they, when, when the mother was pregnant, if you were the mother when you were pregnant, it took you a year to just prepare for them to come home and out of your womb. And all of a sudden you think you're just going to have two or three conversations and it's put back together. Doesn't work like that. And you bear the burden of getting ready. That's your job. That's your job. And so if you do the work and you prepare it correctly, when when you were bringing them into the world and, and they were in the womb, you were looking out who was the best doctor. If you need a specialist, you put that in place. If you needed a house for them, you put that in place. If you needed shoes and pampers, you had a party. So, you know, if you needed fi- finances, you, you, you did double shifts at work because you were going to need a down payment. Your insurance didn't cover the costs. And so that's the homework that you have to do now. And darn on you as a parent, if you feel like you should be in another space, it's not going to happen. And so you have to figure out if it's worth the time and effort for you to make this connection. You need a strategic plan. You need to pick up a book. You need to start reading. You need to get into group. I always say group because group is usually free. It's around town. And, and in group settings, people have a tendency to tell the truth. Most groups are anonymous. They have a tendency to tell the truth. They have nothing to lose by telling you what their truism is. And so these people will offer you a little bit more support. And it usually doesn't cost. Where if you have a one-on-one counseling, then you get into co-pays. And, and I'm, I'm, right now, I'm not about that. Not, not right now. You need to put your money in a different space. It's a bad economy, okay? <laughs> Trump has done some things in office. <laughs> so those are some tips for you. I wish we have, would have gotten into the book. I want to talk about um, teens who are having sex with other teens. And I want to talk about some spaces where... Um, Oh my goodness, let me see. Where teens are um, actively participating in sexual assault and, and they know it and they are exposing some kind of aggression. But we're going to do that at the, at, the, at, the next, at the next part of the show. This part, we're, we're, we're going to focus in. You understand? We're, we're really going to focus in on the dynamic. That's what this show is modeled after parent-child separation. So we'll get into that chapter. We'll take our time with this. I understand that you need to feed. I know that you um, need to be in open spaces and places. You understand? And I'm going to pray for blessings over your life and over your family. And the reason I say that is because if no one prayed for you as a child, if they didn't pray for your future, you deserve to have that. You deserve to have had two parents that prayed for you. And trust me, Accept my directive that I understand, understand the space that you're in. And, and, and so not having preparation is not going to work. It, it's, it's not going to work. Shut it down. Shut it down. It's not going to work. 
whether it's divorce, whether it's Department of Family Protective Services, you know, DFBSS is not about putting families back together. That is not, that's not what they're focusing on. And they say that they address trauma, yet they make more trauma and drama than a man in the moon, especially when it's an ugly divorce. Okay. Um, they do very little to help families, especially families that just need their support in keeping the lights on for a year, needing water for a year. You should not have your children taken from you because you are poor. And DFSS or DCVS or Department of Children Family Safety Services and these entities have lost their mind when it when it, it this is a this is a money mill to bring children into the system and that's where they've been re- rather sheepish and doggish in taking children okay so you're dealing with child trauma you're dealing with um, trauma impact on communication you're dealing with how trauma affects the brain so your children may not see. Um, your perspective in different lights. It's going to take some work for them to see you. I want you to understand that. We're dealing with fighting the fighting effects of teenagers and if they've been sexually assaulted and the fact that you were not there to be the Superman they thought you should be. We're talking about older siblings um, not getting the support they need because a baby has come alongside. So they remove themselves from the dynamic and communication in the family. Um, we're talking about Um, when parents get separate from their child, no matter how that happens. And I didn't even mention the highlights of the Trump administration. So let me lightly say that there is an active Trump administration family separation policy. And this is by our U.S. President Donald Trump immigration policy. And it's not just on immigration. It's going to start with immigration, but it's going to affect U.S. citizens and patrons. And if you are so naive that you think it's not going to touch you and affect you, it will. And under these policies, that means that federal authorities have the right to separate children from parents or even guardians with whom they had entered into the country illegally. And soon it's going to migrate into citizenship. And it it, was already migrating into citizenship. And you just take the ship off. It's going to migrate into citizens. All right. So this is something that needs to be addressed. It's something that we need to talk about. I'm not going to talk about it when it comes to Donald Trump and policy and how you should vote. I'm going to stick to the residuals of what's happening so that we can try to repair families. You understand? Do you understand? So this supposedly emerged um, from measures to well. Supposedly, in 2018, there had been some policy to reunite the families that had been separated. I have never seen that policy. I ain't seen it, and I've looked for it. Let me let me give you the reference that I've looked for that says that this exists. The reference that that's saying that this policy acts, actually exists, supposedly, is in... Uh, it was... It was in the Boston Globe. It said children are being used as a tool in Trump's effort to stop border crossing. So, uh, and I I think the lady name was Liz Goodwin. So Liz Goodwin and Tal, T-A-L, Copan, K-O-P-A-N. He wrote an article from CNN talking about the government had never specified reuniting families. And court testimony shows that. But he gives some really great resources on how to glue these families back together. And so there is a whole impact on children where we talk about PTSD. We talk about the fiscal costs of how 
Um, where's this money going to come from to house these children? We're talking about the effects of uh, the zero tolerance policy on how they will not reverse and how the zero tolerance policy says that you don't get your child back. Yet in 2018, they want to say that they wrote some policy that you do get your children back. So there's a lot of confl- conflicting views. What I want to concentrate on is the attempt for you to reach out to your children and the fact that as immigration continues to be a problem, I don't want you to feel alone. That was the point of me bringing up the Trump administration and the family separation as a means of deterring immigration. It's not a deterrent to immigration. That is a lie. It doesn't work because what immigrants are saying is that at least my children now begin to be into family custody. So, so there, even if there's going to be a permanent family child separation, they're willing to take it. They're willing to take the cost. You and I are on the other side of it. You know that that's not necessarily true, that it doesn't mean that your child enters into the Department of Health and Family Services and foster care. doesn't mean that. Of course, there's this lie from these immigrants that we're going to we're going to help their children and we're just not. So this is my time and I'm going to stop here because I want to stop here because I have to pray. I have to let you know that you are needed and that you are wanted and I want you to know that I care about you and I care about what happens to your generation. And, and as you know, it doesn't have necessarily any kind of, um, religious affiliation to it. Okay. That's not why we say it. We say it because I believe that children should be prayed for. And I believe that if you were a child and you were never prayed for, you don't remember being prayed for, for boys, you sh- the prayer should have went, may you be like Ephraim and Menasheh. And for the girls, the introductory line should have been, may you be like Sarai, Rebecca, Achel, and Leah. And then for both, it says, may God bless you and guard you. May God show you favor and be gracious to you. And may God show you kindness and grant you peace. You're listening to Healthy Families First. I'm Dr. Raquel Leah. Thank you for tuning in. So this is where our journey must end. And saying good evening and goodbye to you today does not mean that you don't get another opportunity to impact your generation, legislation, and effective change in your kinship and relationship with your child or your children. And as always, the vision of our broadcast is incomplex that you consider, catch, check out and cradle simple approaches to parenting and communication. And we are here to help support. And in kind, your generosity helps parents' liberties and freedoms from constraint to guide and parent their children and grandchildren in safe and healthy places. Won't you become a patron today? Visit our supporters page at patreon.com slash Healthy Families First.